Welcome to this month's episode of Krebcast. Krebcast is a podcast created by the Real Estate Board for its members. Each episode will cover a variety of topics geared towards realtors. We'll talk about how the market is doing, provide board updates, and discuss other topics of importance to our members. I'm your host, Sarah Gilman. I'm a communications coordinator here at Kreb. On today's episode, we are speaking with Kreb's chief economist, Anne-Marie Lurie. She will be updating us on the first half of the 2020 housing market, and we will chat about COVID-19's influence thus far and what we can expect moving forward. Anne-Marie, thank you for joining us today, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. A lot has changed since you were on last. Can you give us an overview about what has happened in the market during the first six months of the year and specifically during this latest quarter? Well, what we've seen happen is, I mean, we started off the year strong, like January and February, we were starting to look like really good months. We started to see sales activity improve. And then with COVID, it, it's like everything changed. So, you know, the initial reaction is we saw that those sales levels started to come down. The worst month was April. Um, I think it might have been a record low for sales in the city of Calgary. You know, but what we're starting to see is that as the months progress is that is starting to change. So some of the worst of that pullback in sales has happened and we started to see sales actually improve in July. Now, granted, we are still far from what we were last year, which was already a weak year, but at least the worst of that pullback in sales activity happened. Now, what is interesting about this is it wasn't just a pullback in sales. It was also a pullback in supply levels. So we saw that, you know, while sales came off, so did listings. So people weren't buying, but people weren't necessarily selling their homes either. And what that did is that relationship between the supply and the demand in the market has actually improved. So when we think about that months of supply, those numbers actually got a bit better than what we had really for some time. And what that's done is that's um, helping impact the pricing. Now, that being said, prices have still continued to fall. They were expected to fall before COVID happened because of the oversupply scenario. So, so that was expected before, but, you know, and what we saw is really through those couple of those worst months of COVID, um, we saw that pullback in prices increase. So they were, in, uh, they were basically going down at a faster pace, but we're starting to see that change a bit. And, and July numbers were actually um, somewhat surprising. We actually saw an improvement over the previous month and that decline came off from what we had before. So um, it's interesting as we transition through this period into, I don't know, a new normal from the already new yeah. normal that we were basically dealing with. <laughs> so it, yeah, it seems like when COVID first hit, people just didn't know what to do and kind of froze. And then as this, like you said, becomes our new normal, people seem to be like, getting on with lives and being like, okay, we still need to buy and sell our houses and just adjusting. Yes. And, and I mean, one thing to consider is, I mean, some of the increases that we're seeing, especially in July and in these later months is in part related to the fact that it was so low activity was so low in our typically strongest months that we're seeing. I, I expect that we're seeing some of that activity shift into June and July. Um, so while there are things that are showing signs of improvement, I, I still have a lot of caution in the market because of some of the uncertainty. Now, speaking of that, are there any areas or property types that are performing worse than others or any that are not as bad? Yeah, there has been a shift. Um, so what we're seeing is that you know most of these gains, especially over the last few months, has been purely driven by that detached and the semi-detached properties. Um, and this has been a trend that's not just been in Calgary, but 
but really across what they're seeing um, in other jurisdictions as well. So um, other major cities are seeing the same thing that that detached activity is starting to improve. Um, so this is what it's been fed by. And I guess part of that might not be a surprise as, you know, with COVID, you might have seen some changes in that people are, you know, more people are working remotely and, and that might call for a change in, in living spaces and, you know, detached homes obviously provide a bit more space. So we've seen a bit of shift and that is really the areas that we're seeing the most improvement. Our apartment condominium sector continues to struggle. For example, in July, we saw that sales activity improved just to put some perspective on it, you know, detached sales activity increased over the previous year by almost 17%. Now, again, year to date, it's still down 15%. But if we put that against the apartment condo sector, those sales were still down by almost 10%. And they are almost, you know, 18% lower than they were last year, which again, was not a strong year for us in terms of housing sales activity. So there is a difference between those different product types for sure. And what about price types too for like the higher price ranges? Are they struggling a bit more than the the lower price ranges? Yes, especially in the very beginning. Um, So when we first went into um, COVID, we saw a dramatic change in the upper end of the market where you know, that months of supply number, which is that really good indicator of how much supply demand balance there is. um, It just, it it shot up quite high in the higher end of the market. So over 600,000 segment of the market, we saw that, you know, the months of supply numbers really pushed up to the highest levels that we've seen. And keep in mind, we've been struggling over the past five years. So, um, and, and to pull it back to that, because I mean, what we're seeing at the lower end of the market, it wasn't necessarily the case. In fact, while some of them did increase and we did see some of that supply rise relative to the demand in the market, it wasn't worse than what we had previously seen. So so I think there is some perspective and that does tell me that likely some of those price adjustments, especially in the lower end of the market is, is very different than what's happening at the upper end of the market. Now we will see how that moves forward, but I mean, part of this is to do with the fact that, you know, our economy not only um, struggled with COVID, but it, we had a double hit because of the energy sector as well. I mean, we saw that those energy prices came down. That started to cause layoffs in our professional and technical services areas. So while some markets across the country, um, everyone lost jobs, but a a lot of their job losses were in things that you would expect, like retail, um, you know, with shutdowns, right? So retail industry, the accommodation and food, things like that. We actually lost a lot of jobs in our higher end market as well, like the higher paid, typically higher paid, profession. So that's where we saw job losses in in technical services. And that was in part to do with the energy sector. So I guess it wasn't too much of a surprise to see that pullback and demand be quite strong in the upper end of the market um, versus the supply that was there. Right. So I guess it's kind of to be expected as those higher end jobs are going away and or people are taking pay cuts, I guess they yeah, can't afford the price of houses that they used to be able to. You've touched on this a little bit, but what economic influences other than COVID-19 are currently affecting the market? Well, right now, COVID-19 seems to be dominating everything. <laughs> um, there's, you know, and I mean, it, it's just, it's something that, you know, we haven't seen. Now, that being said, there's been a lot of things that have been happening to help mitigate what's happening with COVID. So that's, you know, we've seen 
a tremendous amount of government spending that's been happening to try and ease the effects because, you know, having a shutdown in your economy, that's, you know, expected to cause our GDP, which is that measure of your economic growth to to fall to, you know, some of the lowest levels we've seen like on record. So this is really dominating a lot of what's happening. Obviously, there's that other impact throughout the energy sector because, you know, with less people basically traveling, that has caused um, some some impact in the energy sector as well, where that demand hasn't been as strong, their prices have come down and there's there's resulted in some shifts there. Now, moving forward as, you know, economies across, um, not just our country, but across the world are, are starting to reopen and shifting into more, you know, new normal sort of conditions, we're starting to see that ease. And I think, um, you know, it's important to note that some of the worst estimates of what was going to happen in the economy have come off a bit. So, you know, if I think about even just a few months ago, the projections on the economy were quite dire in terms of the impact. And, and some of that's come off a bit because we are adjusting to a, a new level of things. Um, you know, one of the things that we continue to look at and, and one of those risks that we think about is, you know, what will happen with employment? Um, we still have unemployment rates that are far higher than what we have seen over the past five years, you know, and they are, they're not as bad as originally forecasted. So I think we're sitting at, in Calgary, about a 15% unemployment rate. I think original forecasts were in the range of 18%. So it is better than what it was thought to be originally. Um, but that is still relatively high. And I think, you know, when we look at that, it's about how will that move forward, um, you know, and what will happen when some of this stimulus ends. Other things that have really helped our housing market have been the fact that banks um, have been willing to defer mortgages. You know, what is still an unknown is what happens when that ends um, and when will that end. And, and so those are some things that we think about in risks in terms of moving forward. How would you say that this compares to previous recessions? Well, it's been a little different. First of all, because this has impacted everyone. Um, it's not because of a specific industry. So, you know, we have seen this, you know, across every market that has been dealing with this. Now, what has been a little different is traditionally when you start, when you go into a recession, um, you see the impact on supply be the opposite. So it's not that supply goes down. Typically supply goes up in other types of recessions. So this has been a little different. Yes, demand has pulled off, but so has supply. Uh, and I think that's actually something that's really interesting, especially when people think about what that impact could be on prices, because yes, demand fell, we saw less activity, but at the same time, that pull off in supply really has shifted some of those dynamics. And, and it's, it's one of those things that will prevent a steeper price decline. So I think it's important to note that is one of the main differences. I mean, traditionally in other recessions that we've had happen, you see that, yes, you see a pullback in demand, but you also see rising supplies um, levels. And that's what creates that oversupply and, and those stronger price declines than, you know, what we've really seen to this stage. So it's not as bad as some of this province's previous recessions that we've seen. Uh, well, <laughs> so far, there's still to be seen in, in, in what this recovery looks like. Um, and right. like I said, I am more concerned about what does this look like in the energy sector after this all happens? Because we are still so dependent on that sector, um, I am, I'm really 
interested to see if some of those jobs do start to come back. And that's something I'll be watching for, you know, and we were in a very different scenario than a lot of other markets. I mean, we went into COVID as an oversupplied market with prices falling. So, you know, a lot of the reports that you're seeing that are coming out across the country on different markets, well, they were different. I mean, like things in Toronto, they were, they had really tight supply scenario before this, right? So, you know, Calgary is a little different in that aspect because we were oversupplied. But as I said that pullback in supply has actually helped improve our market balance conditions compared to what we had before. You know, in fact, if I think about the detached market, because it's not the same across all property types, as we said before, but you know, that detached market, this is, you know, when we think about months of supply and market tightness, it's better than what we've seen for some time. So, you know, that should help at least prevent much steeper price declines. But as we move forward, what I'll be looking for is can supply stay that low or will we start to see supply pressure as some of those government benefits ease as people start to have to pay their mortgage. And that's really that risk as we move into the fall is do we start to see some of that influence on the market and and that will drive what happens over the near term. As businesses reopen, we are seeing a lot of work from home policies changing. What do you think that this will mean for commercial vacancy rates in the near future? Well, it could shift it. Now, the thing is, is for most businesses that are operating, they still have a lease. So there is a bit of that time lag between, you know, what the current space is that they're leasing. But if they're willing to embrace some more, you know, work from home policy, having less people, they, they might not need as much space, right? So, so that could have some impacts on the commercial side of the market. You know, our downtown office vacancy rate has is already struggling, um, you know, because of what's happened over the past five years. So um, it will be interesting to see how that develops. And I think that if there is more of a work from home sort of policy that can not only affect the commercial side of the market, but it can also affect the residential market because then that proximity to downtown per se becomes not necessarily as important as it once was if your commute time isn't necessarily as much of a factor on a daily basis. So I think we'll see what the longer term effects are. I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch to see if it's changed buying patterns for consumers and, and if, if companies are more willing to embrace the work from home policies and if that's something that they'll kind of stick with, you know, as we come out of this this COVID situation. I actually, I didn't think about that before, but you're right. Right now, people base buying their home on how long it takes to drive to work. Like I know there's another myriad of factors that go into that. But if you're not commuting to work to downtown anymore, maybe we'll see a pickup and more interest in the outlying communities or the surrounding areas. And it's interesting because for some of the surrounding communities, I mean, obviously not all, they know they didn't necessarily see their sales pull back as much as what you saw in Cal. Um, and in part because they're typically much more affordable. Obviously, there's other lifestyle choices that people make to live in some of those surrounding communities. But yeah, like those, those considerations might change a bit. Well, while we're on the topic of surrounding areas, can you tell us how that they compared with one another so far this year? Well, and again, depends on what area that you're talking about. But, you know, generally what we've seen is that sales are still on a year-to-date basis lower than what they were last year. But, I mean, it does vary. I mean, in fact, Chestermere is one of those areas that sales are fairly comparable to what they were last year. But, again, we have to think about more longer-term averages. And this is where it gets a little different. Like, for example, in Airdrie, sales are down 
by almost 8% over the previous year. And, you know, it's only about 15% um, lower than what we see on a five-year sort of average for in terms of sales activity. And while that seems like a, a fairly steep decline, you know, you look at Calgary and that spread off of the five-year average is closer to 23%. So, when we talked about how things weren't necessarily as bad in some of those areas, those are some of those numbers that we're looking at. That being said, there is a range. You know, I think Strathmore is the one area that their sales have actually been fairly stable in terms of, you know, year-to-date numbers compared to the previous year. But again, last year wasn't necessarily a good benchmark for some of these areas because we had some weak level of sales. So there really does involve, like you have to look at each of those areas and, and see what's driving them. They're all a little different. You know, if we just think about some of the bigger ones, yes, their sales are lower, but not as far off of their longer term averages than what we necessarily see in the city of Calgary. And if we want the bigger picture, we can't just compare it to last year's sales. We need to kind of do it a bit of a deeper dive. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, some of the sales last year were, and again, last year was really a fairly weak year for sales um, in general, just because we were struggling with other things going on in our market. So that's part of it as well. So sometimes you got to, you know, move away from just looking at that year over year and consider what's happened over several years, especially given our market conditions. How does Calgary compare when it comes to the rest of the major cities across Canada? Well, it depends on the city. We did see similar trends in, across the, you know, most cities where sales activity fell. But as I said, like other areas like um, Toronto, for example, or you know, even Vancouver to a certain extent, you know, their supply levels were not as high. So their, their months of supply or their, their market balance wasn't quite in the same scenario that Calgary was in. So we had oversupply going into this. Many of those markets did not. So they're not necessarily seeing any impact on their prices because, and I I feel like we often have discussions and I always feel like, well, Alberta seems to be this exception. Now, that being said that, you know, as we look at the numbers moving forward, I think, um, you know, every market is seeing, you know, some of that boost come in, in July and they're seeing stronger levels of activity. In fact, some of them are saying that, you know, their July levels might show record highs for sales. Now that's not the case in Calgary. So that, that is something that is a little, we're not quite there. Um, you know, we are definitely better than what we have been. But we are still nowhere near what we were kind of before what happened with the first energy crisis in 2014. We're not in a price recovery scenario. You know, we still have some of that downward pressure on prices. So it's a little different in our market in that aspect. And even within our province, we see differences. So some markets that, you know, haven't been as impacted is, for example, Lethbridge. And it's partly because their economic base is a little different. They're not as reliant on oil and gas, they're much more, you know, an agriculture and agriculture research sort of based economy. So it's a little different. And I think that's some of the differences you also see when we we look at, you know, different markets across the country, just because they were not in the same situation that essentially Calgary and Alberta essentially has been in. Are there any benefits to buying or selling during COVID-19? Um, I think that depends on your perspective and, and your situation. I think, you know, in any market, I think there can be opportunity just depending on what your longer term plans are. Now, I think, you know, what we have seen in this market is we continue to see some price adjustments. And, you know, we have to keep in mind that because of COVID, interest rates and lending rates have come down significantly. So, you know, over the past several years, we have seen that those lending rates were rising. 
Um, and now we're back into a very low interest rate environment. And, you know, for some people that might mean the difference of being able to purchase or not. So I think that's part of it. Of course, it will depend on what price range that you're operating in. You know, if you're looking in the, the lower price ranges, you might not necessarily have that same supply choice that was there before. And I mean, it just depends. So I, I think for anybody who's in this market, it really depends on what your situation is and what your longer term plans are. And then you just need to be aware that they have to know what's going on by the property type that they're looking at. I mean, if they're looking at buying a condo, you're probably in a very different, facing a very different market condition than you might be if you're looking to purchase, you know, a lower price detached home. At the same time, if you're looking at upgrading into a higher priced home, you might see more product available in different price ranges that didn't previously exist. So I think with what's happening in this market right now, it really does depend on your price range and product type that you're looking at, as well as you know fitting that in with your longer term goals. So somebody looking to maybe enter the market for a first time in a lower price point with the lower interest rates, they may be able to enter where they wouldn't have been able to be entering before. It depends, right? Um, it really depends on what their income is. You know, and it depends on what product type that they want to. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for a, a lower price detached home, the situation really hasn't changed much there from COVID. You know, where we've seen, you know, the most changes has been in the upper end of the market. Is there anything that you can see that signals hope going forward? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that we are starting to at least see some improvements in, in the job market and the fact that we are, we are not in 20% um, unemployment rates and we're only at 15%, I mean, it's still high, but I mean, it could have been much worse. You know, there's been a lot of factors that have been trying to help mitigate the impacts of COVID and that helps prevent it. But I think when we move forward, you know, it's really, there, there still does remain some risk in the market in terms of, you know, what will happen with those job numbers? Will the economy shut down again if things get worse? And I think a lot of people are looking to see what will happen in September, um, especially as schools go back. Will we see those numbers rise in terms of, you know, COVID and, and will that cause any change in terms of, you know, will businesses be allowed to remain open? Are they going to keep you know, what they're going to do there. That That's the unknown if we think about what happens in the next quarter. At the same time, we have seen to a certain extent the worst of it in the economy um, because, you know, we kind of went through that extreme sort of shutdown and, and slowly things have been improving since then. I think the general consensus is that, you know, the worst in terms of the impact on the overall economy is over. But of course, you know, when we think about housing markets, they do tend to lag a bit. So we do need to see if those employment numbers start to improve. And another unknown is the migration. Because travel has been restricted, we don't know what that migration pattern might look like. And when we think of new people moving into the city, that does really encourage a lot of uh, demand for housing. So that is something that we'll be looking at as well to see. And, and in what numbers? right? Because that will influence housing demand as we move forward. So there is still some risks on the market. I wouldn't say this is quite back to normal per se, but I think even some of the original expectations of the pullback that would happen are not expected to be as severe as, as once thought. This has all been great information and insight today. And thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for the podcast. Make sure you keep an eye on Crep Talk for our next episode. 